Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of Operation Retroshock. I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and joining me for this Disney Tag episode is Mr. Chris Vince. Hello, Alan. I was going to say we'll go tag, but then I thought that if we clapped hands, then the audio would spike up and you'd be like, what did you do that for? So then I thought, no. Fancy seeing you here. It's a small world after all. It is, yes. Um, I would have offered you some food, but I only have the bare necessities in at the moment. Yes! <laughs> nice! Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, but yes, everybody, you are familiar with the format that we're going to have here today, folks. Uh, if you have listened to our previous episodes, Doctor Who, Star Wars, and then what was recently? I can't remember. What was our last one? That is a good question. One, oh, a TV one. TV. That's yeah. TV. Yes, yeah. sorry. It's been a busy number of weeks, folks, and uh, we're getting older each day. So don't, <laughs> don't. <laughs> We've been doing well. Don't. But yes, uh, we have a number of questions. Actually, quite a substantial amount. So um, we will try our bestest, but can make no guarantees as to some of these being short or long-winded. But. Uh, do you want me to lead the way or do you want to lead the way? You lead. Okie dokie. So then, our first question, and it's a quite an interesting one, the start off things for a Disney tag. But Chris, what would be your favourite animal in the world of Disney? I decided to throw a curveball and I decided to go for a llama, as in Cusco, from <laughs> The Emperor's New Groove. Alright, cool, fair enough. Because I thought like, oh, I could pick an animal like Pooh or Piglet or whatever, but I actually watched Emperor's New Groove last night and was just like, I that's one of my, well, we'll get on that in a minute, but just whenever I see like David Spade just plays Cusco to a T and I just think that as an animal, um, you don't really have many leading animals that were transformed from humans. No. Um, so yeah, so Cusco is my answer because he's a, he's a lame. <laughs> he's a lame. Uh, no, this kind of this kind of com- nearly I'm not going to say confused me straight out the gate, but ha- made me have to think about yeah. things because I was like, but when animals are usually involved in Disney, they usually have characters who are kind of anthropomorph. What is it? Anthropomorph. Anthropomorph. Anthropomorphized. Anthropomorphic. Yeah. We're terrible right now, yeah. but. You get the point, everybody. You know what we're talking about. Um, Anthropomorphic. That's the one. There we go. Good job, Chris. Cut that. Edit that. (laughs) Thank you. Unlikely. Um, But I try to go for someone that is actually an animal. Okay. Because I, you know, I could have, you know, copped out and went Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah. Uh, But I'm going to go for Miko, the raccoon out of Pocahontas. Okay. The one that just likes eating everybody's food, sneaks in everywhere, just steals everything. Um, because I just think it's a cool kind of sidekicky character. We will get to sidekicks later on. But uh, this was kind of the start of, I would say, Disney really venturing into, because there are some movies that came after this, really good sidekicks mm-hmm. sort of thing. Because... You kind of had this, what is it they call, kind of like the Disney Renaissance kind of of animation. Okay. With Lion King, Pocahontas, etc. and so on. So for me, it is Miko the Raccoon. Okay. So what would be your favourite classic movie? Favourite classic movie? So 
I had to kind of weigh this up because a lot of people consider Disney classics just like all the big names. Okay. So, you know, realistically, Lion King could fall into that category. So See, for me, for me, it's a different one because you can say classic movies because you can say like Snow White, which was done like the 1950s, which was done classically way back then. But then a classic movie to us could be one that we grew up with. Yeah. You know, so my classic movie could be different from yours because of the, you know, 45 year age gap, you know, so. <laughs> wow, you're so generous. I know. I thought <laughs> I might as well make the joke before somebody else does. So what is your favorite classic movie? Um, I've gone for uh, Lady and the Tramp. Okay. So I wanted to go more on the, you know, the proper definition of kind of yeah. the classic thing. Um, you know, like, see, I look back at, Cinderella, Snow White, those sort of ones, and I don't. I've never. I never really have a connection to them. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you do surprise me. Whereas um, Lady and the Tramp and sort of Little Mermaid would mm-hmm. have been kind of what you mentioned, ones I watched growing up. Yeah. So, kind of Little Mermaid's more on the new side of things, and compared to Lady and the Tramp. So I thought Lady and the Tramp is the more definition of the older side of things. So Lady and the Tramp for my good self. What about you? Mine is The Jungle Book. Oh, right. Okay. Cool. Um, the Jungle Book is always one that you can put on and just with like, I haven't watched the live action version of this. I've actually ordered it. So I'm going to give that a watch because obviously John Favreau um, directed Favreau, yeah. it. Um, so obviously... He's had some success with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so I'm going to have a watch and see it. And he's doing Lion King. Yeah, so, like, I kind of want to see that. Um, But for me, it was just one that, you know, even though I've said Bare Necessities earlier on, that was before even, you know, like, thinking about that and then going, okay, well, we'll, you know, I'll go for that. But it's just, like, the music and it is just so catchy, um, the animation of it, you know. And that's the thing, is that animation from the likes of this or Snow White still holds up today. And, like, I was watching some Donald Duck shorts from, like, 1945, and you're like, this is some better than some of the tripe that's on TV nowadays, you know. <laughs> um, but for me, Jungle Book just has so many great characters and just the voice acting and the music is just second to none and that's why it's my favourite classic movie. Grand. So after favourite classic then is favourite hero or heroine. Okay. What would be your pick then, Chris? Mine is actually going to be Tarzan. Oh, right. Nice. I'm getting some nice surprises here. There's not kind of the stereotypical sort of stuff that you would think of people to come out with. No, because obviously Tarzan is such a good film and I think it's... I think it's quite underrated. That's what I was going to say. You know, like it is kind of one that people kind of slide under the carpet. Well, don't watch that. Um, but for me, it's just one that obviously he interacts with um, Jane. And then some people said, like, it's funny how Jane is English speaking, you know, from England. And then he speaks English with an American accent. And you're like, okay. Um, she speaks English, English. Yes. But like the things to do with like Clayton and things like that. And then him saying no to him whenever he's about to shoot the vines and then kills himself. Um, and then obviously helping his family of gorillas and all that kind of stuff. It's just a, it's just a nice story and, um, it's beautifully animated. And I just think that, um, like whenever he becomes like king of the jungle, so to speak, um, is it kind of whenever he, um, shines and then it's just ends in a real, 
um, nice thing. So um, yeah, it has a great soundtrack too. Yes, we'll so get on to that shortly. Um, for me, it's Buzz Lightyear. Okay. Um, because it's actually quite funny. Buzz always reminded me of a uh, friend of my father's okay. who he used to work with back in the day. And he always had that kind of, the really kind of strong chin and kind of <laughs> was nearly overly dramatic in how he said oh, things. Why don't they, just voting somebody, why don't they answer? So, you know, when I first saw Buzz Lightyear, I was like, oh, this is, this is, this is my dad's friend sort of thing. You know, kind of a very similar character. But I think the character of Buzz is a really interesting character because you go, you follow him from being this, you know, brainwashed, out-of-the-box toy, mm-hmm. to him travelling through and realising that everything is not what he thought it was. Yeah. That he isn't this space ranger sent to discover this planet and hunt down the evil Emperor Zerg, and um, obviously his presence doesn't go down too well amongst, uh, well, amongst with Woody, anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, about him being the new toy on the block. But then you eventually get that point where he finally kind of goes to a really kind of dark place mm-hmm. in Toy Story where he suddenly realizes, right, I am just this thing. You yeah, know? it's kind of whenever he sees the advert for himself on the TV that he kind of realizes that what Woody's been saying to him about everything is true. You are a toy. Um, and obviously I'm going to get, he kind of just, gives up when he's going to get shot up into the air in the rocket and all Yeah, and his well. arm's been taken off. And it takes the rest of them and Woody to basically get him to come to his senses. Yeah. And then you get that awesome dramatic scene at the end with them firing the rocket and you know <laughs> falling with style. Yeah. Um, obviously the character grows and advances even more as the Toy Story movies go on. But I think for, again, a kid's movie... Mm-hmm. I think to have such a interesting character arc that realistically a lot of kids it's going to go over their heads. Yeah, it's nice that that stuff is there, and that's again probably something that you have to come back to with Pixar. They always have stuff in there, not only for the kids but for the adults as well. Yes, so there is that little extra level to these characters, but specifically for me, that kind of stands out for me, and he has that big heroic moment at the end. Mm-hmm. So, moving on then. So this is this is going to be a good one, I think, to talk about, and that is a favorite scene we have now. Probably very very hard one to pick. There's probably quite a few scenes we like, but what for you is the top for yourself, Chris? You've just acted it about two seconds ago. Did I really? Yeah. Wow! I yeah. did not think that was going to happen. Um, once I I'd been watching Toy Story not too long ago. And it's just that scene to do with it. You are a toy. You know, like you're, um, you're not a spaceman. You're an action figure. You are a child's plaything. It's like you're a sad, strange little man. You have my pity. And then does the Star Trek thing and walks <laughs> off. But that for me is just, it's just more the expression of both Buzz and Woody. Like, and these are animated characters. But whenever he says something to Woody, and Woody kind of just looks at him. And then kind of just grows over a lot. And then the hands outstretch. Uh, you are a toy. And it's just the way he does it. And then he kind of buckles down. Uh, you're an action figure. And then you're you're just... I always end up creasing at that. That always just is so good. So just whenever you were talking about that and you said that, 
And then I thought, oh, this is going to be fun whenever you said that. <laughs> and then, like, I'll even show you there. It says Toy Story, you're a toy. Very, so, very good. Uh, very in good. case you think that that was all acted out, it was not. Oh, I said that there. <laughs> um, but yeah, but um, with that, it was just a case of I just thought uh, that for me was one of my favorite scenes. There's so many, though, like you said, that you could go for, but that for me is mine. So um, that's obviously mine. So what is yours, Alan? Is it going to be freaky if yours is the same thing as mine? It isn't the same thing. Okay. Um, anybody that knows me, this will not probably be a big surprise, <gasps> but it is the introduction of Scar in The Lion okay. King. And so I'll I'll set the scene here for you, everybody. You start off with a close-up of this little like mouse, rat, whatever thing it is, in this cave... And then you just get this big thump of this paw comes down on top of it. And it raises the mouse up and it has the tail in between the claws. And Jeremy Irons' masterful uh, voice acting of Scar Knight is just his voice, but just the way he puts it across. You know, he's like, life's not fair, is it? (laughs) You know... You know, you will never see the light of another day and goes to, you know, eat the mouse and then... Zazu, played by Mr. Bean himself, Rowan Atkinson, shows up and uh, basically says to him, you know, Mufasa's a bit miffed off with you here because, you know, it was Simba's big presentation ceremony, he didn't show up and Scar's just like, (sighs) you know, and Zazu makes him lose the mouse and he's like, oh, you made me lose my lunch. Um, But I think it's then once Mufasa arrives, which is really where this scene is like, Wow, this is mm-hmm. this is a fantastic introduction for this character because you get a whole back and forth, and I'll probably come back to kind of this when I go to my quote. Let me check. Yes, I will come back to that when it comes to quotes. But there's a whole back and forth between Mufasa and Scar here that you know kind of hints at what is to come uh, in terms of uh, the Lion King. Well, I don't know why I'm not kind of hedging my bets here I'm <laughs> saying, and saying what happens. Spoiler warning, if you are listening to a Disney tag episode and you haven't seen The Lion King by now, what the heck's going on? But when Scar causes Mufasa's death yeah. and blames it on Simba. But um, I think it's just a little combination of two incredible voices mm-hmm. and Jeremy Irons and James Earl Jones yes. going back and forth, playing these two very different individuals with, again, another very different voice, an actor in Rowan Atkinson yeah. in the middle of all this. But uh, I will talk about this more very soon okay. when we get to quotes. So next up then is favourite DVD cover. That's such an odd one. Isn't it? Yeah. Mine is going to be a special edition one, which oh. is Beauty and the Beast. Oh, right. Okay. Cool. Um, it's actually like a nice red cover. So I, think, I think I know what you mean. Red yes. symbolizing, you know, like the rose that, you know, like petals, if the last one falls, then he stays the beast forever and that kind of thing. But it kind of has the beast kind of etched on it. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. That one there um, would be my favorite one. It's not something I can really talk about that much because you can't see it. Yeah. And I don't have it here. It's to not. Go it's not one. Like. It's not one to dwell on too much. This it really question. is not. No. Um, but for me, my favorite DVD cover is Aladdin. Okay. So it's because this was Aladdin was my sister's favorite. One of my one of my sister's favorites growing up, 
and she would always end up carrying her favorite Disney movie around with her, mm-hmm. you know, at certain times. And Aladdin was probably the most prominent. So I think it's maybe as much that the image of the cover of Aladdin is kind of burned into my uh, memory. Yeah. Uh, that I could never forget it. But I think it's that whole, the original cover, at least for it, that has been used in DVDs, it's very, very simple. You've got the genie at the top, you've got Jasmine and Aladdin on the carpet on the mm-hmm. left hand side, and then this, you know, kind of image of Jafar in front of the cave yeah. on the right hand side. Very, very simple. But you've got these sort of deep blues and dark murky yeah. colours in there. It as really well. makes it pop so much. So when you have the like the Aladdin logo in the middle and Genie there as well, you're saying like, yeah. really catches your attention. Alrighty then, so uh, hopefully I interpreted this the same as yourself, but favourite original Disney character, Chris, for you? Donald Duck. Really? Yes. Um, Donald Duck has always been one that I have enjoyed. My Although my earliest memory watching a Disney cartoon is watching one of Mickey Mouse's Mickey Mouse's, I can't say Mickey Mouse because that doesn't make sense. Mickey Mouse's cartoon, which was Through the Looking Glass, which is something that he's asleep and he goes through the mirror and then they're like everything basically comes alive. It's like Alice in Wonderland, yes. really. Um, that was one of my earliest memories is watching that. But Donald Duck for me has always been somebody that I have not, uh, I've always enjoyed watching because like something stupid will get blown out of proportion and he'll just overreact to everything. But some of my favorite ones are the ones with Donald and Chip and Dale. Um, those are some of my favorite cartoons. Um, I've actually ordered the DVD of the first volume of Chip and Dale. Now this is before they came the Rescue Rangers, let me just say. Um, but with that, um, I just enjoyed watching those ones and Donald Duck has always been my favorite. A classic cartoon character. I'm on a very similar wavelength to you there in terms of if it was like outright you know, cartoons and stuff yeah. like that, as in more the TV side of things, yeah. it would be Donald all the way for me. But I decided to go for someone slightly different and this more plays into the movie side of things okay. and that is Goofy. Okay. So it is because Goofy Movie was another big one that I really enjoyed as a kid. Um, I just... Again, I'll well, I'll talk about the reason being Goofy movie for a split second, and again, it's another one of those movies that obviously it has all the stuff you expect from Goofy, all the funny, absolute, just silly stuff that goes on mm-hmm. and goofy things. Um, but again, it is another meaningful story of a son seeing the most important thing is in his life at during the summer is impressing the girl, going to a concert, etc. And thinking he can, you know, pull the wool over his dad's eyes. Yeah. Even when his dad is goofy. And his dad just wants to go on this simple road trip that him and his father did back in the day. But then that, you know, kind of eventual typical teenage son doesn't really want to hang around with the dad, you know. But by the end of the story then... They're on the same page Mm -hmm. and, you know, a stronger relationship as ever between the two of them. So I think it was, I find that Goofy movie just added a little, you know, extra to the character of Goofy because you're just used to him for years. (laughs) Almost maybe a bit like Donald as well, being a bit of the butt of the joke as, oh, Donald overreacts, Goofy's just a klutz. Goofy, what I remember about Goofy and watching some of the cartoons is how... 
athletic Goofy would be. But you would see him skiing or see him doing basketball. Or There's one I remember seeing, I think it's in Hugh from Roger Rabbit, wherever he's doing stuff on like a... It's almost like a tightrope thing and he's swinging backwards and forwards and he whacks into the wall and Roger Rabbit's <laughs> yeah. laughing and going like, oh, that goofy one. Um, so that's some of my memories about Goofy, anyway. So I'm intrigued about this next one then and that is favourite Pixar film. So I'll go first on this one. And this was actually a tougher choice than I thought it was going to be. It wasn't but, for me. But I still do have to go for Toy Story. Okay. So I do. Um, uh, is it the first Toy Story? Oh yes, original okay. Toy Story, original Toy Story. Oh, you're teasing there. So no. Um, but yeah, I've kind of already explained part of my reasoning behind my love of Toy Story. Again, Toy Story was a huge part of me growing up. It was 1995. I was six years old. Sorry, Chris. Uh, <laughs> I was probably in college then. <laughs> um, you were looking at ladies. Uh, I was I was looking at toys. Um, how times change. Uh, <laughs> but I mentioned it with the whole Buzz Lightyear story. Obviously, that side of things didn't make that big of a deal to me as a kid. It was just like, oh, here's these talking toys and all that sort of thing. But I think it was also amazing as a six-year-old seeing something that wasn't a cartoon mm-hmm. in the cinema screens as well. And I remember again going, funnily enough, to Bangor Omniplex <laughs> to uh, to see Toy Story because Ards at that time had no such thing as a cinema. Yep. Um, Bangor was the, the major place to go to for the cinema if you were outside of Belfast. Um, and the place just being absolutely packed to see it and just going with uh, my dad and my sister to see it and coming out of it and thinking that was the best thing. I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Times have changed in what I think is the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Come on, I'm still much better on social media. It still has a very fond place in my heart, especially when it comes to Pixar. Okay. Mine is actually Monsters Inc. Ooh. Um it's always has been Monsters Inc. and I think it's because I'm not saying that Toy Story is a dull film by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it's more the the colours of Mike and Sully and how those two, like the the light blue of Sully and the green of Mike and those two voice actors as well is very much like, like we've always said, like with Marvel, they hit the nail on the head. With voice acting with Disney, they hit the nail on their head. You know, like whenever you see Billy, whenever you hear Billy Crystal and John Goodman and, and Steve Buscemi as well, and you're just like, you know, you're just like, wow. And then obviously John Goodman's obviously... Pacha in Emperor's New Groove. Hey. So we had previous there. But I've always loved that. I've always loved Boo as well. And, you know, just little things like that. Um, one, the next question actually ties into that as well, which we'll get onto in a sec. But for me, it's just been one that, um, it's just, it's such a nice feel good movie. Like just how, you know, especially I would imagine for kids whenever they think they see monsters in their closet and stuff. And then it turns out that the monsters just want to come out and make you laugh. And I'm sure there's probably been many a kid who watched that. I'm like, actually, if Mike comes out and goes to scare me, he's going to make me laugh. So then, you know, so that whole thing and to do with the door. I've yet to see Monsters University, um, which is the sequel slash prequel to that. I think it's actually, I've, I've seen bits of it. Mm-hmm. So I have, it isn't one I've sat down and kind of watched properly. Um, 
I think the thing for me is, I think probably for a lot of maybe Monsters, Inc. fans of it, when they heard that there was going to be a Monsters, Inc. sequel at the time, yeah, everybody thought, this is amazing, we're going to get this premise where we could get this time jump. And, you know, because there's the hint at the end of Monsters, Inc. that yeah, the, when he goes doors. back through the door, she's yeah. older, yeah. but, you know, not much older, because she yeah. still says Kitty, but, you know, she could be a few years older yeah. or whatever. Um, then you get find out, oh, it's a prequel and they're at university. Now, this is Pixar. It took however many years for Incredibles 2 to come out. God, yes. So you could still eventually get a proper sequel to Monsters, Inc., which I would like to, I would be really intrigued with that. But... I think with Monsters Inc., you really have to tip the cap to Pixar at mm. this particular time. Because, yes, Pixar has always been on the cutting edge of visuals for what technology is capable of. Yeah, We know the whole story behind Toy Story 2 and what it went through with, basically, I think, like, three quarters of Toy Story 2 was lost because the computer system failed or something but like that. But wasn't Toy Story 2 originally meant to be a straight to yes. d- a DVD slash yes. VHS sequel? And then there was like, no. No. Um, Pixar was like, no, we want to do this I didn't properly. know that but they'd lost oh, so they much lost, of it. If you go back and watch, I think there's, it's, I think it's on, like, the special, you know, um, features or whatever for Toy Story 2. If you have, like, the Blu-ray or you can get the Blu-ray for uh-huh, Toy Story 2, yeah. it's, it's in there. But I think the gist of the story is that they were, you know, compiling the system overnight as uh-huh. they do to save that, you know, the work. And something happened that caused the vast majority of that movie to get wiped. Obviously, they still had the audio recordings yeah. from Tom Hanks and all that sort of stuff. But the actual visuals, gone. Absolutely, completely gone. You know, something like a couple of years worth of work. And I think it was only a matter of months or something like that until it was due to be in theatres and they found I think what was it there was something to do with I think it was like there was a backup or something like that on somebody's personal computer that they had taken home or whatever it was I don't know the full insides can't remember exactly I'll have to watch but they still had to fix stuff and replace it but I give them a better better they got a bit of their stuff back at least which I think is an amazing story but to get back to what I'm saying about Monsters Inc for when Monsters Inc. came out, for especially with Sully, with the hair yeah. and all that sort of stuff, the thousands and thousands of individual hairs on him, for what computers were capable mm-hmm. at that time is outstanding. Yeah. And just visually will go down as a masterpiece so well. Because you just, you see that nowadays and you take it for granted. Mm-hmm. It's almost like when you watch King Kong and you see like all the fur and him or whatever. And you're like, well, that's a bit different from that, which is all animated. That's like CG. You can probably do more of that than you can <laughs> animation. But just with that, it's just beautifully. It's just so good. And just the voice acting is just incredible. Well, I'll let you go on with the next one. Because our next one is favourite quote. And he says it's all tied into this. So... Mm-hmm. It's whenever they are pretending to sing and are going to put the thing back where it came from. Oh, so help me. Oh, so help me. So help me. And cut. I originally had down, that's not how the force works. But because we said we were going Disney, Disney, yes. I was like, I need to change that to that. And then I was thinking, like, I was thinking about Monsters Inc. And well, what's my favorite part from that? And it would be that. But I always like the part to do with, you know, like, oh, hey, Mr. Sullivan, how are you? Sullivan, you're putting him off. But there's so many, you know, like you could go through, you know, like each different film will have a different favorite quote, of, you know, like or something like that. I could have also had the you are a toy yes. thing, but 
I didn't want to double that up. I wanted to have something else. And it's funny how both my favourite scene and quote are from a Pixar movie as well. Fantastic. So, um, yeah, um, just with those two and then and just seeing them, you know, bouncing up and down and then you actually see that later on as like a play and you're like, oh, okay, that's fine. Oh, dear. So, my one, as I kind of hinted, is going to be Lion King here. Mm-hmm. So it is and plays into that Scar introduction and back and forth between him and Mufasa. And it starts with basically... Like I said, Mufasa says, you know, you weren't present at the presentation of Simba today, you know. And Scar's all like, you know, oh, you've come down to mingle with the commoners, you know, all that sort of stuff. But there's a moment where Scar turns around and goes, oh no, Mufasa, perhaps you shouldn't turn your back on me. Mm-hmm. And then you get this booming, booming voice from James Earl Jones going, is that a challenge? And they mix a roar into the mix yeah. at the same time. So you just get this absolute hit of par, which James Earl Jones is just known for. But then it's this little next uh, section that I love from Scar. And it's, temper, temper, I wouldn't dream of challenging you. Well, as far as the brains go, I got the lion's share. But when it comes to brute strength, I'm afraid I'm at the shallow end of the gene pool. <laughs> so that whole thing basically tells you what those characters are about. Yeah. You get the hint at the very beginning of, oh no, Mufasa, perhaps you shouldn't turn your back on me Mm -hmm. for what happens later with Mufasa's death and the whole, is that a challenge? And then basically saying, right, you know, Mufasa's the king for a reason. He's he's the top, top lion, top dog, whatever way you want to describe (laughs) it here. But Mufasa has the smarts smarts, and he will find a way to get what he wants. Okay, so favourite sequel then? See, this is where it gets hard for Disney movies. Yeah, because there's not like, it's like 102 I went, I went and looked through Disney you know, sequels yeah. and you just look and you're like, oh, that's a steaming pile and that's a steaming <laughs> pile. And you're like, no, skip, 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 skip. So I have kind of played it safe. You went for Toy Story 2. I went for Toy Story 2. So too. have I. <laughs> I did as well because... I actually prefer Toy Story 2 over the first Toy Story. I can completely get that. I can completely get that. Toy Story 2 is a great movie. I think because Kelsey Grammer as Stinky Pete is just, you know, like even this the outtakes. Because I remember watching, whenever Karen was over watching the first Toy Story. And then it finished and I went, oh, what? oh, there is no outtakes in this one. And then I could just remember him, you were like, oh, excuse me, I had to breed him for lunch. You know, like whenever he lets... Wind off in the the box, but or it's talking to the the Barbie dolls. And like, you're both twins. That's so exciting. Um, but yeah, it's just like a different a different dynamic from the first one. You know that these guys are all together, and then Buzz goes out to um, rescue. Is it the, the penguin, the one that has this broken squeaker? Oh, uh, Wheezy. Wheezy, and then goes out to rescue him, and then he, you know, like Al gets them and that. You know, it's it's just it's just so funny the way it is is work worked together, and then how they all end up together with his round up and things like that. And it's just it's just such and again that music that plays whenever Jesse is looking out the window. Oh yes! And, oh my god, that music breaks me every time. It's just it's like that and the scene in the third one whenever they're all holding hands. Yeah. I remember watching that with Lewis and Sophie, and I was sitting there, you know, with my hand over my thick and, <laughs> and they were just sitting there like this. And I'm thinking, like, 
They're made of tougher stuff than us lot. God, I watched up with Sophie whenever she had chicken pox. I was mm-hmm. blubbering like a baby and she was sitting there leaning forward looking at Because have you ever seen it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the start of it. Oh, yeah. Thinking like, freaking robot, what's wrong with you? I don't know. But it's probably... To be fair, probably doesn't understand. <laughs> That's what I was just about to say. Probably doesn't understand. I'm not calling my niece a robot, but, by the uh, way. No, Toy Story 2, I genuinely... It is tight. That's, yeah. You know the way I said it's tight decision yeah. for me? You know, Toy Story and Toy Story 2 are just the pinnacle for me in terms of Pixar but I think Toy Story 2 does have so many enjoyable moments in it mm-hmm. I'm only going to talk about one because I have to say there's probably a good chance we may end up talking about it sometime as a dedicated episode but it's the big kind of Star Wars nod in it with Zerg yes oh yes because we get the alternative buzz <laughs> involved where they all think that is their buzz but yeah. it is not their buzz and he's all doing the whole space ranger thing sort of going to rescue Woody and they're just following along with him and thinking okay you know he's got an upgrade or something like yeah, that does he seem a little off to you and then you just see Zerg rise up on the lift when they're trying to leave and you know you'll buzz out your you know for the last time you know and all and you know, he goes, I am your father, you know. And <laughs> says, no! then he gets knocked down the lift shaft and he does the whole, no, father. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes, oh, I'm going to stay here and play catch with my dad. Yeah. Go on, son. Good <laughs> catch. <laughs> yeah. Thought that's a very good one, yeah. So, favourite sidekick or sidekicks? My favourite sidekick is Frozone from The Incredibles. Oh, cool. Um, Hi! Way. I was going to put, I was going to put something like um, Abu from Aladdin, but I just love Samuel Jackson's portrayal as him. Like, even just seeing him, you know, going like, honey, where's my uh, super suit? suit? Uh, you know, like, what? what? Um, but again, his character, his voice just goes so well with that character. And, that's again like we were talking about earlier on that Disney just seemed to get it right whenever they were actually casting people as certain characters and you can see you know like you could see Samuel Jackson as that character oh, yeah. you know like and that's the thing is that if he was to play him in a live action Incredibles that would be him to a T you know like Absolutely. just the face everything Um, and I just think he does so well Um, it just reminds me of almost like Iceman from like the Spider-Man cartoon and, uh, I, I thought think... you were going to say Top Gun. <laughs> oh, God. No. Um, terrible movie. Uh, I'm going to go for uh, Cogsworth and Lumiere. Okay. From uh, Beauty and the Beast. I'm loving the variety that we've got yes. here. Because there's yeah. sometimes when we do these, it's very much... Yeah. We focus in very much on a certain movie or yeah. a certain couple of you know TV shows or whatever. Um, for me, there's there was plenty of options for sidekicks. So there was, but... I think Cogsworth and Lumiere stood out for me because um, this actually doesn't play into the music side of things when we get there. But I do think some of the music that they're involved in within Beauty and the Beast, like you'll be our guest and stuff Mm. like that, has a big part of it. But they're basically that kind of odd couple slash buddy cop relationship. Yeah. Yeah. But like even more like Cogsworth is that kind of, I'm not going to say stuck up individual, but stick to the rules. The master will be mad. Yeah. Don't ruffle the feathers, etc. Whereas Lumiere is like, come on, let's have a laugh. You know, let's let's see if we can get him to come out of this, you know, funk of being depressed and, you know, oh, I'm not going to be alone. I'm going to die as a beast sort of thing. Um, plus, 
I don't think personally you could get away with Lumiere nowadays because he is quite the uh, you know provocative individual in terms of uh, did you the watch, ladies. Did you watch the live action Beauty and the I Beast? I did indeed. Yes. And what did you think of the take of those two in that? Because who was it? Was it Ian McGregor and was it Ian McKellen? Ian McKellen, yes, Ian McKellen. I mean, was like, yeah, and there's two big powerhouse voices there for That's you. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, when you think about it. Um, <laughs> Magneto and Obi Wan together. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> Both can move things with their hands. Yeah, exactly. Um, definitely, I don't think the live action. I didn't enjoy the live action anywhere near as much as the original cartoon. But with these Disney live actions, I don't think you can fairly compare them, mm-hmm. really, because you have to think of it. You, we look back at the cartoons and we're like, oh, this is a masterpiece. Really, if you go back and you watch Beauty and the Beast now, it's like just 90 minutes of a few really good scenes yeah. and moments where you're just like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. You know, get to the get to the good stuff here. But uh, for me... Uh, Lumiere and Cogsworth are definitely right up there in terms of sidekicks for myself. Okay, so what would be your favourite song from a Disney movie then? Alrighty, so there's one that would have been in here, but it's because it falls on a later question Okay, that it's in that slot there, so we will get to it, but it is probably at the top of okay. overall music. But I've got two here. One is I Do I from Goofy Movie. Okay. Which is the one from the final concert at the end. I've never seen the Goofy movie, so... You need to watch it and we need to talk about it. I think that would be a brilliant episode. Okay, I'll watch it then. Um, But there's a scene at the end where he finally reaches, you know, the concert that he's been wanting to sneak to. Mm -hmm. You know, and he's tripped and pulled his dad across the country for. But it's very Michael Jackson. Okay. Like, you know, the character, the... You know, big concert star is basically kind of like their universe is Michael Jackson. Right. So yeah, so he's that very kind of sort of similar dance style okay. and, and singing style. Very fast paced. Because a lot of people kind of thought when Goofy Movie came out, did Michael Jackson sing this song? And it mm-hmm. wasn't. It was a guy that was very who was known to do interpretations. Oh right. Okay. You know, was an actual artist himself. Yeah. yeah. But was known to do a very good you know, Michael Jackson impression as well. I won't go too in-depth then, because you haven't seen it yet, but it's very enjoyable. But the other one, which I actually think is quite an underrated Disney song, is uh, Zero to Hero from Hercules. Okay. Oh, yeah, right, okay, that's the one. Okay. Bless my one. soul, Herc is on a roll. You know, okay, one, yes. That one, yes. yeah. Let me fit up and go yeah, on I was, I, was ready, I was ready to keep going You were in there, the room, Hercules, Hercules. I held, Hercules. I held, I held, I held myself back there. But it's again, I think that's probably the best song out of Hercules because I don't think overall Hercules has the best tunes mm-hmm. to it. But I think in terms of overall Disney songs, I think that was a really, really underrated one because it does, you you just pointed it out. Yeah. I immediately started tapping my foot because yep. it's one of those sort of ones because it's not the sort of song you would picture being in like an ancient Greece no. movie is like soul and well it's the know. same way in the Emperor's New Groove do you yeah. know who does the music for the Emperor's who? New Groove Tom Jones there you go uh, mine is actually You'll Be In My Heart by Phil Collins from oh. Tarzan 
Oh, no, not you. Um, <laughs> that for me is Damn just it. like um, one of the guys in work. He actually has that on the Spotify playlist. So every so often that'll come on. Um, and um, it's just like it's one of those ones that near enough the whole day you'll just be singing along to because it's just one of those ones that just is very catchy. And obviously, I think it'd be remiss if we didn't mention like a song from Mary Poppins because the Chim Timoney or however it's pronounced is probably my favorite from Mary Poppins. There are so many different ones there that you can sing along to. Um, but that for me is another classic Disney song that um i haven't watched the new mary poppins the mary poppins returns it's something that i'll watch whenever it comes out because i have all oh, right okay <laughs> and i just want to see the comparison between the two of them and see what happens there between the two of them because obviously you're going to have different people playing different well not different people you have different well, people but different people playing same, same people, people that have but, we've known in the past yeah exactly but we've rambled long enough and I think it's only fair and true Disney fashion that we decide to hold off 25 years for a sequel <laughs> or do a cash grab and get everybody to come back for a DVD direct to sequel next week yes yes it's that it's animated using MS Paint and we're going to animate it and do it next week absolutely so yes everybody Sorry to leave you in the lurch, but this is the way things go. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Operation Retro Shock. It has been fun to talk all things Disney here. We still have another 13 odd questions to go. Exactly. So uh, you can look forward to that next time. I've been Alan Price. He's been Chris Finn. I've been his favourite sidekick. Mm, debatable. But... <sighs> Feel free to get in touch with us, everybody, on Twitter, on Facebook, at RetroShockPod, Operation RetroShock, on both of those different places. Send us what you'd like to hear on the show. We would love to hear it. And if you'd like to leave us a review, you can do that on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, all those lovely places. But until next week, we will bid you a fond farewell. Hakuna Matata. Yeah.